I don't really know how to start shows. Come on now, don't start, don't start liking me now. So yeah, I'm funny compared to, you know, well, you'll see later. I stand for mayhem! I know a lot of fucking idiots. I think a lot of shit is mean-spirited just because it goes against what they believe. But the relief of comedy is it takes things that aren't funny and it allows us to laugh about them for an hour. We got a purple suit to buy and a gigantic coffin. <laughs> Why are you laughing? Evening, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Why Are You Laughing? A history of comedy podcast. And today I am pleased to introduce to you Windy City Heat, the Perry Caravello prank. Uh, I had not heard of this until probably a year ago, maybe. People started mentioning you got to do Windy City Heat, got to do Windy City Heat. And then I would say in our circles, part of our podcasting circle, Perry Caravello kind of became a character in the whole like WATP sort of world. So people were mentioning him more to me and he was still a character. I didn't quite know all the lore of, but I said, you know what? Enough people have mentioned this to me that I got to look into Windy City Heat. And for those of you that don't know, I think this will be an interesting examination because it truly is uh, one of the greatest pranks ever pulled in film history. Um, And there are a lot of things that were, I think, influenced by it. Uh, It was around the same time, so it's actually, I'm not sure... Uh, which came first, but like, do you remember that reality show? I think it was Joe Millionaire or Joe Schmo. I forget what the actual title was versus the fake title, but it was basically a reality show. I think Kristen Wiig was a young Kristen Wiig was uh, one of the actresses in it, but it was, you know, essentially the Truman show where one guy um, in the case of Joe Millionaire, he thinks he's a part of a reality show. So I guess in that case, he does know there's uh, you know cameras around and everything, but uh, he believes he's on a reality show where he's, you know, like the, the bachelor, he's the bell of the ball when in reality, he's the schmuck that everyone's making fun of. Uh, also, I think this is kind of a time gone by. I think now this would be looked at, uh, as victimizing the person. Um, but it's something that's been going on for radio and we'll get to the debate is, you know, is this abusing Perry Caravello and all of that? Um, I think there's a clip that we will play that, uh, alludes to at least that discussion that we can have later in the episode. But, uh, I hope you guys enjoy this. I think it'll be introducing a lot of you to it, but I do know this is a real cult classic. So I hope those of you that already know it, uh, also enjoy our walk through windy city heat. But first, let me tell you. Uh, if you like this program, if you wish you were watching this a week ago, then go to blindmike.net because you can subscribe to the Patreon. You get these episodes a week early as well as bonus episodes. So if you want to check out the extras that we do, such as the origin of Baba Booey, uh, the Pelican Brief, Joe Matarese, Donald Glover's Weirdo, uh, the Pablo Francisco Meltdown, uh, Bill Burr in Philly, all kinds of stuff we've done as bonus episodes on the Patreon. So if you want to check those out, make sure you subscribe. Uh, You can also become a member on YouTube if you want to start getting those. Um, uh, Once you get a few subscribers, we'll try to start putting older episodes up there for uh, YouTube members as well. Um, So, But I would say Patreon's easier. So go to the Patreon if you (laughs) want to subscribe or just support the show for free. Apple, Spotify, Google Play, everywhere you get podcasts, especially YouTube. If you want to go to the YouTube, click the subscribe button, tap that notification bell. It uh, helps this program and helps get more eyes on it. If you like and comment and all that stuff, then uh, we get into people's algorithms. So make sure you do that if you want to support the show. We appreciate it. Uh, All right. So like I said, um, Windy City Heat's been recommended to me a a bunch. In fact, oddly enough, we got a tweet this morning saying, hey, you guys should do Windy City Heat. And we were like, actually, we're recording it today, so you're you're in luck. <laughs> but this really is a cult class. A lot of people really love this. Um, it was orchestrated by Jimmy Kimmel, among others. But we should start way back at the beginning in the uh, comedy store days. So Perry Caravello has been called uh, the most trolled man on the internet. I would submit that. He, he's definitely one of the most trolled guys ever pre-social media. It's rare that you have a, a case like this before social media. The only thing I can think of is like, um, um, you know, people like the jerky boys would call or, or that guy 
uh, Red. I'm forgetting. I'm drawing a blank on the the group that would call him. But the inspiration for um, uh, Mo on The Simpsons. Basically, that group would focus on one guy because he got really angry. So there's like little instances like that. But I can't think of one individual trolled this much before social media. Now there's a million examples. Chris Chan and, uh, you know, Stuttering John and all kinds of people. But Perry Caravello was one of the first of his kind. And he teamed up with a couple of guys at the comedy store. So he legitimately was trying to get into comedy in uh, the 70s and 80s. And, you know, when I say he's influenced by Kinnison, uh, I mean, he, he literally does the, oh, 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 scream. Oh, yeah. So it's literally, I mean, more of a Kinnison ripoff than anything. But I also think he's either like that or has become like that. You know, I think at this point, his brain is, that if he didn't start out like that, um, he definitely is now. But let's get into our clips, for goodness sake. I'm yammering too much. What do we got? Uh, the origin of the comedy store. Yeah, so let's uh, hear a little about the big three. So I'm doing that, and I'm realizing there's some real characters here. And you know what? They're funny. What if I put a show of nothing but these characters? Yeah. On? Well, there was one guy that right, stood out above. I should have mentioned, this is Don Barris. He's talking to uh, Marin. Don Barris is uh, one of the guys that orchestra. We'll talk a lot about him, so I figured we'd get to him. But uh, I should have said his name before we played the clip. Don Barris. And you know what? They're funny. What if I put a show of nothing but these characters? Yeah. Well, there was one guy that stood out above everybody else. His name was Perry Caravelle. He called himself Scary Perry. He's a nut job. And I started doing these shows with this group of crazy people. Yeah. Yeah. And Mitzi, I had this main room show booked like over 400 people were going to come. And she, at the last second, oh, I don't want insanity in my main room. So she gave me the original room, but I knew that that's all I could ever do. I mean, that was it. The yeah. comedy store isn't going to back me. I had the place packed. Yeah. People went crazy. Yeah. Uh, and so I just started doing public access shows with this Perry guy and uh, a guy, guy named Mole, who now is one, on your podcast, and, right? Yeah, yeah. The three of us. And yeah. he's, he's like, he's an Emmy award winning writer. Really? Yeah. Uh, so Mole is Tony Barbarino, I believe his name is. Um, and uh, Mole is like a character that he plays. So if you watch Windy City Heat, uh, you know, he plays a character named Walter Molinsky, I believe. Um, but his real name is is Tony. And that makes up the big three. Don, Tony, and Perry Caravello started to become known as the big three um, in the movie they make reference to them being like a modern day three stooges. But I would say the difference is that the stooges all beat the shit out of each other. Whereas Tony and Don kind of focused in on Perry. Right. And, and that's an interesting instinct by Don Barris there. Cause he, he realizes and hearing that I'm actually amazed. It doesn't happen more often at open mics um, where there hasn't been some kind of show constructed from different open mics and things like that. Because it's a bit of a Howard Stern instinct to say, hey, we get some real freaks and drunks and weirdos at these open mics. We should do something with that. We should make them the focus of the show rather than being like, oh, God, scary Perry's here again. We should kind of do some digging and make him the the real focus. Um, so I'm, I'm surprised there's not more of that done, especially now with social media and everything. But great instinct by Don Barris to kind of realize what he had on his hands with Perry Caravello. So they started doing, like you said there, a public access show. And they would make prank calls to Perry and and fuck with Perry. Um, Perry Caravello, to say the least, is a little off. I, I hope we do a good enough job displaying how off he is. But the reason I believe it and I believe that it's not just a character is because I see now a lot of the live streams he's still doing and, you know, having these freak outs and reactions and things. And uh, as I believe, I, I don't know if we have the clip where Kimmel says it, but he, in an interview with Howie Mandel that I was watching where he talks about it, uh, he said this, and it's exactly what I thought when I watch um, Perry on, you know, Twitter and, and his YouTube live streams. If Perry Caravello is an actor, if this is a performance, he's the most brilliant performer of all time. 
You know, it puts Andy Kaufman to, to miserable shame for sure. if Perry Caravello has pulled this off because he's kept up appearances for, you know, 40 years now. <laughs> so it's pretty wild if that's true. Definitely. And uh, see, Tom Myers, you can lean into it and become something. That There is an element of that, which we'll get to, is I do think Perry has leaned into it a little bit, which, like, that's a good point. Tom Myers, Stuttering John, I think if these guys were able to lean into it a little more, uh, then there could be a career there for them. But unfortunately, uh, the main ingredient for a guy like Perry Caravello or Tom Myers is being painfully uh, unaware of your own behavior and how you come off to people. Correct. And so it's hard to to bottle that and and steer the ship with it, <laughs> you know. Right. It's it's nearly impossible. So I think Perry's done an okay job, but through through uh, no fault of his own, I guess you could say. But uh, here's uh, Don Barris talking with Marin about the public access show. Okay, let's hear a little more about that. We're doing the public access. So doing uh, the public access. The, it was called the Ding Dong Show. No, it was actually called. That's a whole different thing. It was oh. called simply Don the Public Access Show. Yeah, and it got to the point where Jimmy Kimmel became our announcer on it. <laughs> How did that happen? Because after about six years of us doing this, and public we, access show. No, well, public access show the shows just and mainly what we did is I really thought I can make it a lot better phone conversations than the jerky boys. Yeah. So that's what the whole thing was about, basically. You just wanted to do, do prank calls? To this guy. Which guy? This Perry guy. Okay. So he set a whole make-believe world around him. Yeah. Like a real-life Truman show. Yeah. And when Kimmel saw it... Wait, so he didn't know? Perry didn't know? No. Who, so who was in on the make-believe world? A lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Marin's mystified by it. He's like, so you wanted to make... Prank calls to this guy? What? What? I don't understand. <laughs> the poor guy. <laughs> but but Don had this vision for setting something up, which is amazing because you know, uh, thousands of times you'll be you know drinking with your buddies or on a road trip or whatever, and just you know thinking of random shit and stuff like that will pop in your mind. What if we you know Truman showed someone uh, or d- did something like that? What if we made this weird person into a star? And Don Barris is one of the very few people to have that vision and pull it off to an extent. Now, again, a very cult following, but he did do that. Like he saw something in Perry and made him a star. Now, again, is Perry a victim? I don't know, because he always saw himself as a star no matter what. And I do think Don kind of supplied that. Now, it's all a, a ruse. You know, it's a little weird because even you hear, you'll hear Don Barris in this interview with Marin, where God bless guys like Mark Marin, because sometimes it's hard to find interviews uh, for this show mm-hmm. where the, the host is actually interested. And that, why, that's why we use a lot of Marin clips, because they'll hear about Perry Caravelle and he's like, I got to hear more about this. What are you talking about? <laughs> right. And a lot of times, too, like uh, like Rogan will ask a question. He doesn't seem to really give a shit what the answer is. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So. Um, oh, he mentions the Jerky Boys, too. In a, a different interview, he was pretty critical of the Jerky Boys because I guess the Jerky Boys called Perry Caravello at one point, and Don Barris was like, it was terrible. And I said, I know how to use Perry. These guys don't know how to use Perry. So it becomes sort of an ego thing, too. And uh, here we have uh, Kimmel with Howie talking about the big three. Yeah, so he mentions there Jimmy Kimmel becomes his annou- their announcer. Now, this is Jimmy Kimmel before anyone knows who he is. Um, but Kimmel was on a track to stardom for sure. Uh, and there was something in him that said, I, I can do something with these guys. There's something here. Well, there are two of my friends, a guy named Don Barris and Tony Barbieri. Don Barris is my warm up guy. Tony's been a writer on our show and on the man show for 20 plus years. I met these guys through our mutual friend, Daniel Kellison. Okay. He was friendly with Tony Barbieri. They came to a dinner at my house one night. This is years ago. I was a dish jockey. I was a uh, morning show. Kevin radio. and Bean? Yeah, with Kevin and Bean at K-Rock. And uh, they came to my house and they, they brought some cassette tapes. They'd been taping these calls with this comic named Perry Caravello. He's a comic? Well, yeah, <laughs> and that's where they met at the comedy store. They've been taping these phone calls and playing all these crazy characters and 
pulling these ridiculous pranks on this guy. And I do remember my ex-wife at the time. We were listening to the tapes. I remember her looking at me and she goes, oh, no. <laughs> she, knew. <laughs> she knew that this is the beginning of something for me. <laughs> and uh, it certainly was. So this is weird because, uh, you know, I don't know how many young uh, viewers or listeners we have. But if you only know Kimmel from the last 10 years or so, totally different guy. You forget. Oh, yeah. And it's a similar, we've compared it before to Howard Stern, where it is a similar shift where Kimmel was this like troublemaker and he was a very funny guy and he liked to fuck with people. And that's something he's uh, completely lost a lot, a lot of because of his, you know, political ideology and uh, being entrenched in Hollywood and all that kind of stuff. But you forget and some people don't even know that he was genuinely a funny guy that loved chaos. And that's why I mentioned Stern too, is like, it's a very stern instinct to be like, let's see how far we can go with this. This is a weird guy. The people will be fascinated by him and we need to expose that. <laughs> what an instinct. <laughs> it, really, it really is because like, I've, you know, I've been plenty of characters in my life and I felt like, Oh, it'd be hilarious if this guy you know, had a podcast or we could do, but I've never gone the next step and said like, all right, how do we put that together? And that's exactly what Kimmel did. Yep. And now uh, here's uh, Don talking about Kimmel. Okay. So, um, well, let, let me let, let Don take it away first and then I'll add my two cents. Uh, what did Perry think was happening? Exactly what we told him. What, that he was going to be a, a, star. a star. Well, that this is a movie <laughs> that I said, what we're going to do is I'm going to make a movie. I promise you I'll make a movie. Yeah. And I didn't give up and I yeah. kept pushing, kept pushing. Then when Kimmel came in, he was the first person that looked at it as a piece of art. Yeah. And he said, I love this thing. I want to do something with it. And I'll tell you. And Perry doesn't know. Mm, no. Right. So Kimmel just caught wind of the buzz. He caught wind of the buzz. And, and you said, weren't working for him yet. No. Yeah. He, he didn't have anything yet. This yeah. is before the show. Right. This is before the man show. And it was, he was just on Ben Stein's money. Right. He just got win Ben Stein's money. Yeah. And he said, I want to do something with this if, if I can. Yeah. So we did that. He said he'd make a movie a few years later. He made a movie, but he's been taking care of me ever since. I've been, you know. He made Windy City Heat. He made Windy City Heat. And did, by that time, did Perry know what was going on? No. <laughs> well, that, that, well, first of all, with Kimmel, that's amazing because he's a guy that was was so dedicated and believed in himself so much that he's virtually nobody. You know, maybe to Don Barris, he's somebody because Don Barris was probably less successful than Kimmel at that time. If Kimmel's on, you know, a major radio show and win Ben Stein's money. Then that might be, you know, on the in the on the totem pole slightly higher than Don Barris, but that's not someone with any pull in show business. And yet Kimmel and Don Barris were both so dedicated into making Perry Caravello a star <laughs> that uh, with a little bit of elbow grease, it was able to happen. Now you heard him there with Marin, kind of pause when Marin asks, like, "Is Perry in on it at all?" And Don Barris kind of goes, "Well, no." I believe the hesitation is I heard Kimmel kind of explain this where they make the movie and Perry was an extra on a bunch of films. Um, so, you know, I, I, I don't know what the most notable is, but you'll see him in the background of certain movies. And uh, so he'd done that long enough that he was like, uh, Windy City Heat was a seven day shoot. So that was the one thing where Perry was like, this doesn't seem right. And they're like, oh, they convinced him that it like, uh, you know, they were running out of money and the movie might not get finished and all that kind of stuff. But there are elements where Perry is kind of aware. I just think he's gullible enough and wants to be a star enough. That's the thing is a lot of people are delusional enough. I think there might, you know, he has a, a touch of something as well, as I like to say. But uh, I think just with the right amount of delusion, you can get a lot of these people to kind of believe what you want. Uh, which is an interesting dynamic. And that's, again, to use radio, like Kimmel comes from radio. That's what the whack pack was. And that was a big debate where people would tell Stern, you know, you're bullying Beetlejuice or Jeff the Drunk or, you know, Hank the Angry Dwarf or any of these people. You're bullying them because they don't know better. And Howard's answer to that was always, I I'm giving these people a life. 
if they don't want to be a part of it or the, you know, their, their caretakers or whoever's in their lives don't want them to be a part of it, they, they can step in, I guess, but I'm giving them more of a life than they've ever had. And sure we bust their balls, but Howard would bust Gary's balls and Fred and Artie and Jackie and all these people. So Howard was the, the argument that Howard always put up is I'm treating them the way everyone else would treat them. I'm not treating them like a mentally challenged person or a disabled person or a, you know, a, a drunk or whatever. I'm treating them like a human being the way I would my buddies, quote unquote. And I think that's how Don Barris and uh, Tony Barbieri viewed uh, Perry Caravello, where like, you know, I think they would take care of him. They're still on a podcast or they, they did a podcast together for many years. So there's obviously some love that they have for this guy. They also kind of like fucking with him, you know, I probably feel bad. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's weird. It's, it's hard to say. It's hard to say what the right answer is. Cause it's like, yeah, you can feel bad, but it's also like, I would, I can feel bad all day. I'd also never do anything positive for Perry Caravello, you know, right. whereas they put him in a fucking movie. So I can stuff my sorries in a sack as they say, you know, sure. but, uh, here's a, uh... Kimmel back on uh, um, Howie Mandel show talking about the first scene. Okay. Um, well, I'll tell you, it's interesting how that movie, how, how it got made in the first place. I begged Comedy Central because they didn't understand what we were talking about. And I said, just give me $25,000 <laughs> and I'll shoot the first scene. And so the first scene is Perry auditioning for this role. And just one thing happens after another. We're just just annoying him throughout and he screams and yells and he's a lunatic. And um, I played it for, we edited it and we played it for the head of comedy central. And I've never still to this day, never seen anyone laugh harder than this guy. Bill Hillary did. He was rolling on the ground laughing. He was dying laughing. (laughs) So they got it to an extent. Comedy central was like, all right, they trusted Kimmel enough. And this is now during the man show. So they trust him enough to be like, all right, here's 25 grand. Let's see what you got. And Kimmel puts together a team. Corolla's in the movie. Uh, Dane Cook is in the film. Bobcat Goldthwait is the director, quote unquote. <laughs> um, so he puts together uh, a real movie team. And again, like he is shooting a movie and Perry Caravello is the star. And what I'll keep going back to, like... Um, when we talk about like, Oh, should they feel bad or whatever? Cause we're now looking at it through the lens of 2023. I'm probably the perfect example to talk about something like this because I'm sure there could be people that look at me and videos that I'm in and say like, Oh, you know, Dave Portnoy is taking advantage of Mike. And my answer to that would be like, I walked into their office said, you can make fun of me if you'd like. And I was, you know, a part of that. I wanted to be a part of what Barstool sports was doing. So I said, do your worst. And now I didn't always like it, but that's my fault for going, <laughs> for being a part of it, right. you know? So, um, that, that's kind of my take on it. Now with Perry, again, there is, I believe a little brain damage, uh, from what I've read. I don't know. Perry's not a celebrity in the way a lot of people are. So I don't know how good a lot of the information that's out there on him is, but again, if you want to talk brain damage, like Sam Kinison and Roseanne Barr suffered from brain damage at a young age as well. Should they not have been treated like, you know, functioning adults? Because they're considered two geniuses of their time. Right. So that's that's where you kind of walk on a fine line. Like, should Perry be babied or are they treating him the way they would uh, anyone else? I think that's the debate probably for a lot of people that aren't aware of Windy City Heat. But we should get more into the movie rather than this external debate. Uh, this is uh, Perry talking about his confidence. Yeah, so this is from the DVD commentary. Now we finally get a glimpse into who Perry is. We talked a lot about him. Uh, this is a little taste of the kind of guy we're dealing with here. My motivation is to be the top, Was to be the number one. I mean, I'm tired of seeing everybody else be on top when I know it should be me. And I don't want to say it like I'm conceited or like I'm stuck up because I really am not. You know, when I when I told people before that I want this movie to be one of the top 10, I meant it like that because, oh, sure, I would love it to be the number one film of all time. 
But see, if I say it's going to be the number one, it's going to be the best film ever. It's like, oh, yeah, this guy's conceited. We don't want to deal with him. <laughs> that's, it's just very funny to me. And that's a, a trademark of these guys. Again, uh, Tom Myers, who we talked about last week, has that. Uh, I'll credit Kirk for putting this phrase in my mind, unearned arrogance. Yes. <laughs> I think it's such a perfect term for a lot of these delusional people where like they have the, this unearned arrogance and truly believe they are a star and not just that they're a star, that they deserve it. They deserve to be on top. So Perry's looking at this and like, oh, I'm going to be a part of a movie. It's going to be one of the 10 greatest movies ever, if not the greatest. <laughs> because I'm in it. And that's, that's what you need. It's like, well, if, if you're saying that that shouldn't exist, then pranks shouldn't exist because it's really hard to prank an even keeled person because they would say to themselves, no one's just going to put me in a movie. Right. You need a guy like Perry Caravello to believe that, to believe that he's the star. It was a, a perfect storm of things to happen though. Cause he did work at the comedy store. So you could just be like, you know, someone was in the crowd and saw you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it just all works. But, uh, now we, I love this scene um, when uh, he's going to trial for the movie and there's someone else ahead of him. Oh, yeah. So now we're getting into the movie. And this is where I think they did a very good job at not being over the top. Um, and like they know, you know, we'll hear Kim will talk later about how well they knew Perry and what he would react to and everything. Um, but what's interesting here is they throw some names out that are big names. And then I think the guy that's up against Perry Caravello for this part is probably the perfect level of famous. Uh, for anyone uh, younger than me, you may not remember how big Carson Daly was on TRL. <laughs> and he makes an appearance in the film here. You and one other guy for the lead of this movie. Who's the one other guy? After 10 years, you get this role, all of our dreams come true. Yeah, don't suck it there, dude. <laughs> relax. You relax. Okay, guys, thanks a lot. Just call my agent when, you know, if you make a decision. Thanks. Okay. Hey, <laughs> you're Carson Daly, aren't you? His face. Hi, I'm Don Barris. <laughs> when I saw Carson Daly wearing the fanny pack, wearing the jackets, wearing the hat, I'm looking at, I'm looking at myself or, or somebody that wants to be me, and, and I'm saying, and I'm thinking through my head, this is somebody that needs his ass kicked bad. <laughs> Real bad. Hi, Perry. Hi, Perry Carson. Caravella. Hi. So how'd it go? Uh, you think you got the role? I don't know. It went good. You know, they want to see one other guy. Some scary fairy something. Yeah. Scary fairy? Is that what you're calling me? Perry. Shh. Perry. 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 I'm Stone. Perry. Oh, okay. Stone Fury. <laughs> anyway, right, listen. Good yeah. luck to you and yeah, I. We'll luck. catch you later. <laughs> so, so you hear mentioned Stone Fury there. The... Um, main character of the film is named Stone Fury, <laughs> and he is—he's a private investigator in Chicago that specializes in sports, which I've never heard of. Uh, right. You know, the the quote writers of this film decided that the private investigator would uh, specialize in sports-related crimes, I guess, <laughs> and. The brilliance of this is that Perry has already decided, like, there's not a real script. I mean, there's not a real movie. There are elements of the movie, but Perry is acting like a man who's read, you know, a 140-page script and said, I am Stone Fury. This is the role I was meant to play for. In fact, it's almost as if it was written for me. And I'm not going to let Carson Daly stand in my way. But what's great is, and they throw names out like, uh, uh, you know, they're like, listen, um, there's uh, a lot of guys up for this role, but we've narrowed it down to two. You know, uh, James Gandolfini, they said good riddance. <laughs> <laughs> and James Gandolfini, this is the height of the Sopranos. Right, right. So they were like, listen, we looked at James Gandolfini and some other guys, and Perry's like, yep, I got, I got him beat, no sweat. <laughs> they're like, but... This Carson Daly, there's something about the way he introduces pink songs on TRL <laughs> that makes us think he might be able to play this action star. 
his his feud with Tom Green really let us know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was the the you know the mention the Eminem song with Fred Durst was really what <laughs> made up our minds. I guess that's probably what got Perry like all confused. He's like Eminem's singing about this guy. <laughs> right. Yeah, he's hot. He's hot in the streets right now. Uh, but uh, here is uh, another clip from the movie with the stylist. Okay. Uh, I'll say I thought this might get us demonetized from YouTube. <laughs> So I left out Perry's thoughts on homosexuals, but the full, the full movie, by the way, is on YouTube. Right. Um, so you can go watch it in full if you want. And uh, I recommend it actually, after you watch this episode, but uh, Perry makes it pretty known that he doesn't care for uh, this gentleman's community. Shall we say <laughs> that give me, give me a Canyon to work with. Now he wants to measure my inseam. More or less, the guy wants to do is go down on me. Do you need help taking anything <laughs> off? Or, you sure? Yes. Need me to pull, pull on anything or no, tug on anything? No. Don't you dare touch me! I kept telling him, "Don't you dare touch me there." Can I go use the restroom? I'd, I'd really Let prefer me go that in you. the other room, sir. Thank you. Hey, let me do my job. Stay there. Hey, what? Yeah, but you're forgetting. That that will go on me later. I'm sorry. Thank you. I'm sorry. I'm nervous. Everybody's on pins and needles on this production. God damn. Everything okay? Would you leave me alone? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Another temperamental actor. I'm just trying to help. <laughs> need it, right? Do they fit? Would you leave me the fuck alone? God damn. <laughs> yes, they fit. Sorry. What's your groin size? Because that should be holding. It's fine. I don't want to touch you uh, where you... I'll kill you if you touch me. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> strong, I'll kill it? you when, if you touch me. There. Hey, I'm just doing my job. <laughs> so, it's like, I, I truly, but again, people will say parts of this movie is like abusing Perry. He's clearly aware he's on camera. Right. You know what I mean? So I, I, he at the very least believes this is like behind the scene footage, well, yeah, at DVD the, commentary, whatever. At the beginning of the movie when they're in the limo, um, Don Barris explains to him, he's like, yeah, we're going to be, uh, they're probably going to hook you up to uh, a microphone. DVD extras. Correct. Yeah. Like the behind the scenes stuff. So he knows he's constantly being filmed. Yeah. So he knows he's, be so that's the thing is like, what's the harm they're really doing to this guy? What they're getting is how you now granted, uh, they didn't know 20 years later, some of his comments on homosexuals might get him in hot water, but listen, he's created his own brand. I don't think it hurt him too badly. Right. <laughs> so, but like, to me, that's shit you do to your friends. That's honestly how I think of it is. I, I don't think they really cross a line in any of this, in, in, in this movie at all. Um, they just give us <laughs> amazing footage of this guy who truly wants to be a star. And also there's a, a, a Michael Scott day, or I guess more so maybe David Brent element where like he immediately becomes a diva. Yeah. And he's, he's calling the shots on this set. He's not like a first time uh, starring role guy. He's, you know, Tom Cruise. He's been in the industry for 30 years. Right. But uh, uh, here's Kimmel talking about the script. Yeah, so this is like I, I mentioned. Uh, they knew what would get a, a rise out of them. We sat down and 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 hashed out the three of us: Tony, Don, and me. And uh, I remember just sitting there typing it all up. And we just imagined what Perry would do. And with one exception, he did every single thing we thought he was going to do. There was only one exception in the movie. Like he reacted. We knew him so well at that point that he, it was almost as if it was scripted, even though it wasn't because we knew what he was, how he was going to react. The one thing that was a little bit different, there was a scene. He had this beautiful co-star and um, he was going to make love to her and they were going to be naked together. It was like a nude oh, scene. A stunt double. <laughs> in which case, in the previous scene, he had demanded a stunt double because we threw him into a dumpster full of like cow shit over and over again. And they said, Perry, why don't you get a stunt double? He's like, I want a stunt double. And so then the next scene is the lovemaking scene. And just as Perry's about to make love we bring in the stunt, stunt double, double. <laughs> now we thought perry was going to lose his mind and get really mad about this but um in reality 
We didn't realize he was lactose intolerant and we'd forced him to drink this big like shake that had milk in it. And he had to go to the bathroom so badly <laughs> that he didn't want to be in the lotion. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> this is so evil. And you know, when you pile them up on top of each other, one after the other, <laughs> a little mean, I guess, but, <laughs> but, uh, what was smart about these guys is they knew they were like, Oh, you know what? Perry's a little relieved because he doesn't want to, uh, shit all over this fucking woman, his beautiful co-star, but they were able to, uh, figure out a way that would, uh, get a reaction out of him. So, uh, Perry, you know, dodges a bullet, doesn't have to have his scene with this uh, lovely actress after his uh, irritable bowel syndrome is acting up or lactose intolerance, whatever it is. Um, and uh, this is what transpires after that uh, when they shoot the scene with the stunt double. Oh, my God, that was amazing. Perry, you were awesome in that sex scene, dude. The guy uh, is putting his fire, fire the, the stunt double. Oh, I can't of it because... I don't. I, 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 they had full penetration. <laughs> you know. I can't get an. N, I can't get an NC seventeen. I got the NAACP already all over me. What was that, Perry? Did they use the condoms. They yeah. used the condoms. Yeah. And they used that lotion stuff. They blew on it, got hot. And then he used those clips. And then he used that strap-on thing. She did all the stuff that they have on the worldwide internet. She was doing the stuff to him, and it was crazy. Like, because I, I think she's an acrobat too. Why would she do? She like lifted her legs behind her head. And stuff. <laughs> oh wow! You should have totally been in there. I should have been sweet, totally sweet love with that pretty naked sweet lady. Sex with uh, the pretty naked lady, my girl. Yeah, but I got fucked over. Then in comes uh, the stunt double who gave her the salami. And of course, you know, she loved what she got. <laughs> well, that's well, you want to beg for a stunt guy. Yeah. For the shit in the dumpster, not for all the yeah, stunts. Yeah, now he's going to so, be the guy in all the other sections. So what are you telling me? So now I want to fire him. <laughs> <laughs> that's just amazing, by the way, is he's not like, and what makes him kind of the perfect subject for this is a normal human being would be like, whoa, 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 hold on a second. They fucked. <laughs> <laughs> they had sexual intercourse on the set of a movie. What are you talking about? Full penetration. What do you mean? Bobcat Goldthwaite is amazing in this movie. He he. And I, it's. I'm glad you said that because I was just about that scene reminded me of how good he is at completely playing it straight. And he throws in little things where it's almost like I see he plays being like kind of frustrated and over this whole thing very well. He plays it completely straight. And I don't know if Kimmel knew at the time that he was the perfect guy for it or if Bobcat Goldthwait was just someone they were able to get. But he ended up being the perfect guy for that role, uh, particularly because he has a background in comedy. I don't know another director that would have been able to pull that off. If you want a real director, because Bobcat has directed films before, if you want a guy with a real directing experience, I don't know who you would have gotten that could have pulled that off the way that Bobcat did. He really is tremendous. Plus he, he was perfect at keeping it straight. And yeah. then the entire movie, he's talking into a megaphone. Yeah. Well, he starts, <laughs> uh, he starts the movie. He's talking to them in the megaphone and Perry's like, why are you doing that? They're just like in a room together. And he's like, I just wanted you to get used to the movie set. <laughs> and Perry's like, Oh, okay. But that sounds normal. <laughs> but uh, next we have red bat, blue bat. Uh, so this is what uh, Kimmel said was his favorite scene in the movie. So I figured we should uh, pull this one as well. There are two bats. I, like, you know, this is an action movie. Uh, Stone Fury is going to have to deal with his share of tough guys, of course. And so there's a scene where, uh, you know, one of these one of these tough guys picks up a baseball bat and they tell him, hey, the the red bat, ah, wait, the blue bat is the real bat, whatever. And eventually it ev evolves to the point where Perry's like, why is one of them real? Why could one of them hurt me? <laughs> why are they right next to each other? You pick up Perry, the blue bat. Jerry, come on! Why the fuck is that? He's in Perry, stop! Jack. Why is the red bat? I don't know. Cut! We're ready, Bob! No, we're not! No, no we are not! Get rid of that red bat! Alright, he Get rid of the red bat! Yeah, he knows! 
Because he's going to right. through the Stone? Hey, I'll bet you even with all your sports knowledge, you didn't know my friend here, Brock, used to play in the big leagues, now did ya? Yeah, what what he play? Left out? <laughs> Shut your <laughs> dirty mouth! I had to take the fall for Fergie Jenkins! And in great didn't even give me a ruby! Wrong bed! This is again, again, where Perry is perfect, I think, is that he is aware enough to be like, hey, that's the wrong bet. I remember the directions they gave you, and you're about to fucking kill me. Like that's where he is the perfect subject. Like he's aware enough. I think he's almost um, purposely delusional in some ways because he does have awareness. He's like, hey, no, 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 not not the red bat or not the blue bat, whichever one it was. <laughs> but, right. And uh, the other thing I love about that scene is um, something I always say about like uh, Walk Hard, for example. I always love movies where they have music or uh, a lot of Andy Samberg stuff, like a uh, pop star. Um, where like the music in it, you're like, holy shit, this could be like, if I'm not totally paying attention to the words and this just came on the radio, I would think it was a great song. Like they did a tremendous job writing the the music for this and making you believe like these were real figures almost in this movie it was just the opposite where I love that they have such horrible dialogue. Like they wrote a movie that Perry Caravello could, could reasonably star in. Right. Like the idea that, that, that a leading man has a line. Oh yeah. What did you play left out? <laughs> <laughs> like they didn't overly write it and make it into a good movie. It's a movie that Perry Caravello would be in. Right. Right. Um, so on that very funny. Uh, here's Kimmel talking about the cult following. Uh, yeah. So this is kind of how the movie we'll see a little more from the movie, but. Um, first we'll hear about how successful it was when it came out. Why is it underground? Like, why didn't it explode onto this? It was the lowest rated uh, movie Comedy Central had ever put on their network. (laughs) (laughs) Why is that? It's the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. It aired once and never again. Why? Um, because no one wanted to see, because people didn't know what it was. There were no... Um, known stars in it. It was hard to follow. There's no setup. You really need like, you really need some friend to tell you about it before you watch it. Do you think that people didn't believe that it was actually yes. real too? It is somewhat unbelievable, but it is real. And <laughs> yeah, so I got to say, as someone who's watching this for the first time, um, like Craig, you said you saw it when it came out pretty much, right? Yeah. Um, or maybe shortly that because like, Kimmel says it only ran on Comedy Central once. I think I read that it ran, actually ran, re-ran once or twice, but never again after that. Well, so I think it, it's DVD sales or what helped it. Yeah, I remember seeing the commercials for it and I was like, what the hell is this? <laughs> well, and it had a lot of stuff. It was like, hey, and it was right when Dane Cook was popping too. Correct. So in the commercial, they really hammer like, hey, Dane Cook's in this, guys. You yeah. want to watch it? And, and Kimmel and Carolla were both on the man show and everything. So And Perry, who's a comic, allegedly didn't even recognize Dane Cook <laughs> in the movie. <laughs> well, it was shot. When it was shot, that's somewhat reasonable, I think. And it's weird that a guy that worked at the comedy store wouldn't have known Dan Cook at that time. Right. But, but it's somewhat believable. Now, what Kimmel said about the movie, I think is totally accurate because as someone that had never seen it before watching it for the first time, first of all, if I didn't know more about Perry, like I said, I've looked into a lot of his, you know, uh, his Twitch streams and a bunch of clips on YouTube and everything. Mm-hmm. So I know who the guy is. I have a pretty good feel for him. If I didn't, I would watch this and say, oh, this guy's in on it. Because again, he does seem aware enough about certain things and his personality almost seems like he's acting. Now, as Kimmel says, if he's acting, he's been, he's stayed in character for 40 years. 
<laughs> you know, which is, I, I mean, that deserves its own different uh, section of respect, I think. Yeah, he you play, know, he played. If he is acting and he stayed in character this long, kudos to him. You fooled us all. Good job. Yeah, and he played them the whole time. Yeah, right. <laughs> That'd be great. Uh, or even just us, you know? Right. But so, but, but it does seem when you're watching it for the first time, it seems like I, I don't get it. It almost seems like you're watching like The Office, I guess, or Spinal Tap or something like that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Where it's a fake documentary, but you're under, you don't think, uh, you know, Fred Willard is really in the military. You know? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but so, so that's the kind of vibe it has where like, oh, this is a, a mockumentary type of a Christopher Guest movie or something. Um, and there's nothing at the beginning. I don't know if this would have made it better or more palatable for the audience if Don Barris introduces the movie at the beginning and says, Hey, this is what we're doing. Because like Kimmel said there, I do think you need the only way I would have ever found this interesting is if a bunch of people on Twitter DM'd me and was like, you have to look into Windy City Heat. If I just stumbled upon this movie, I would be like, Oh, this is whatever. And I never would have thought about it again, much like the viewers of comedy central. Yeah. He didn't say anything, but at the beginning of the movie, they put up on the screen, like, the only one that's not in on this is uh, Perry. But even that, I think you need more of an explanation. Because, again, that could easily be a, a Christopher Guest thing or something, you know? Right. Like, Borat, when you watch something like Borat, you can tell Borat is the character and the other people aren't in on it. That doesn't need any explaining. You're able to pick that up pretty quickly. You know what I mean? Like they don't seem like polished actors or anything. I think that's harder to convey to the audience when only one guy is in on it. Cause then you, the, the viewer just kind of assumes, Oh, obviously everyone's an actor. Cause you're looking at it, you know, clearly fucking Bobcat is in on it. You know what I mean? Right. So that, that's, what's hard to decipher. I think if you're just randomly watching it, um, here is, uh, the premiere. Yeah, this is just a, a short clip that shows you, like, even after wrapping up, um, this is, they win an award at, like, the Unfinished Film Festival or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> and Perry's still like, guys, we, we did it, man. You wouldn't be like it, huh? Yeah, it's a little hard to hear there, but he's like, they they fucking love it. You're gonna stand an ovation. He's so happy. That's so it hurts so much to watch. He's in all but here's the thing. Like, does it though? Because he was the star of a movie that people love. That's true. You know what I mean? Like it. Yeah, Stone Fury, people don't have the same reverence for as Michael Corleone, sure. But, you know, like, he is the star of a movie and has kind of kept a cult following. Like I said on this podcast, um, there's something, if you know Perry from uh, the world that I dabble in, so to speak, uh, then you're familiar with the disaster at Pottstown or the Pottstown disaster, whatever the hell they call it. But uh, a lot of the people that were there were there to see Perry Caravello. And he brings like a loyal audience to, to places he goes. Right. Um, so, you know, you can, you can slice it a few different ways, but I tend to look at it and say like, Don Barris said, I'm going to make you the star of a movie. And he did that for Perry Caravello. That's more than anyone else would have done for Perry as far as accomplishing his dreams. Like no one else would have given him that. In fact, they would have been almost insulting and told him, you know, Perry, that's not possible. Whereas, uh, I guess Kimmel and Don Barris saw the impossible and made it possible. <laughs> uh, here we have, we have our, our last two clips here. Um, it's, uh, they're both Don Barris on WTF, but here they are talking about taking advantage. Oh, that's right. So I didn't, I didn't pull anything from the reveal because it's kind of hard to, especially for you audio uh, folks out there, it's kind of hard to convey. In the reveal uh, that they shot, they're basically just watching the movie. And 
here's again, what's interesting is like, you can feel bad for Perry if you want, I guess. Um, but he's watching the movie and he's like, I'm crushing it. Yeah, this is good. I think at a certain point, what they told him, according to Kimmel was, um, yeah, we couldn't finish it. So what we did is make a prank show out of it. And Perry was like, or what we're thinking of doing is making a prank show out of it. And Perry was like, I want to be the star of the prank show. Make it seem like I'm the guy you're playing the pranks on. And they're like, Perry, no problem. Oh, <laughs> <You got> to- <laughs> so that's how he, that's how he can live with himself. I believe that's how he was able to. Now also, if you want to go watch that reveal, he has a great freak out where uh, someone gets up in the middle of the movie to make themselves coffee in his kitchen. And he just loses it. <laughs> you sit the fuck down. <laughs> like, All right. Well, that's the kind of guy we're dealing with. Uh, so this is Don. You said this is the clip where he's talking about whether or not they're taking advantage of him. Yeah. All right. So let's hear Don's take on all of this. During the movie, he thought that he was the star of an a, an action movie where he played a sports private investigator. Right. Right. And it's got that feel like the, I've, I've watched pieces of things that you're doing. It's really got it like a, a John Watersy kind of Tim and Eric kind of yeah. thing. You're like, there, there's that moment where, you know, the question becomes like, are you taking advantage of these people? And then you sort of realize like, I don't know. They're having a good time. <laughs> well, but it goes back and yeah. you can probably tell this more than anybody. These people. They just want to be part of something. It's like the extra, because that's what he did. He did extra work. That's how he made his money. Perry. Perry. And now he's like the king of extras. Well, you were in the movie. You made it. Yeah. And so he really, that's, his goals were not that high. Yeah. He's far exceeded those goals because he's, he's loved. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. So I kind of, I kind of agree with that. And again, as someone that has experience in this realm. I always took it as like, if anyone said like, you know, when Dave Porn would throw a wallet at my face and people felt bad for me, I was like, you're kind of looking down at me. You think of me as less than other people. Cause if John Feidelberg walked up those stairs and got a wallet in his face, no one would be like, Oh my God, you poor thing. It would have been the usual ball busting that goes on at Barstool. But because I'm blind People are like, oh, God, how could you? And again, it's a small segment of people that are like that. But it is kind of uh, you're looking at at me as less than. And that's why you feel bad for me. And so I think that's kind of how they viewed Perry, where it's like, hey, his goals were not that high. And we helped him exceed those goals. So I do think there's something to be said for that. And I think that that is kind of lost in today's society. Now, also, I get it because it is like, you're kind of fucking with this guy. Ultimately what it is, is the matrix debate where it's like, would you rather be part of a simulation (laughs) or know exactly what's going on? And I think Perry is kind of, uh, I forget if that's red pill or blue pill, but he's kind of part of that simulation. You know, you're right. I think red pills, the truth. Well, whatever. I believe that's what what Craig believes. Anyways. (laughs) Yeah. Red pill, (laughs) red pill, everybody. Um, here's the last clip. Um, Talking about uh, a sequel. Yeah, I, I had never uh, heard about this, but again, the, uh, such a cult following that it got to uh, the likes of Johnny Knoxville and the Jackass Boys. Had a sequel set up with Spike Jones, Johnny Knoxville, Jeff Tremaine. They were going to produce the, the next movie. Yeah. For two and a half years, they chased it down. But Perry had some ambulance chasing lawyer that came in and threatened to sue everybody. Uh-huh. So everybody kind of dropped out. And it's like, so he got, he got Duke big for his britches, right. hired a shitty lawyer, not hired a shitty lawyer, found him and saw names attached to him and said, yeah. Oh, cause this guy, all he does is want to settle out of court. Anyway, the predator, what was he looking for? Any kind of money at all. And he got, he got a third of $50,000 because that's what they paid him just to shut up. So we could do the second movie. I mean, that would have been John with uh, Johnny Knoxville, jackass crew movie. Right. With Perry Caravello would have been very interesting. Extremely. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I don't know what they would have done if it would have been a direct sequel to Windy City Heat where they're just making another movie that he's starring in uh, or if it would have been something different. But I'd be curious to see it because that seems like the perfect uh, crew of people to put it together, honestly. Right. Uh, So that's a shame. But you know what? I think that kind of helps the argument I was just making where it's like, okay, this is someone pretending to care about Perry Caravello, you get him, you know, one third of $50,000 and no movie. 
And I think if you asked Perry, he'd rather be the star of a second movie. And you know, probably significantly more at that point, especially with the success of the first one and the following that the first one had and those guys behind it. Right. I think he would have made a, a lot more. Yeah. Right. So, you know, you can have your sympathy, but how well, much does it really do for guys like Perry? That's well, what I would. They end up doing movies like Bad Grandpa and stuff or whatever, um, whatever that movie is, where it's basically like a real joke. Right. Right, exactly. And that could have been his franchise. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, cry for Perry all day if you want, but I would ask you how much does that really get him versus the experience that these guys gave. And they did a po- – it was the uh, the big three podcasts that these guys did for years. Um, may still do. I know Don Barris was just at the Comedy Mothership, and he was on Kill Tony. Um, I'm not sure if that podcast is still running, though. But – uh, they uh, they did that for a long time and had success with that. So Perry has this cult following. Now he's an insane man on the internet. But you know, go watch uh, who are these socials? Thursdays at six, by the way. Um, where you know we talk about people all the time who are uh, much less aware than Perry, I think, and make a living off of their delusion, I guess guys like King Cobra and shit like that, like being trolled. If you're able to compartmentalize, or maybe if you're delusional enough, whatever, then it can be a fulfilling life in some way. And I think that's the shame of Tom Myers and stuttering John and some of these other guys, even Brendan Schaub, honestly. Um, I took off my thick boy hat to do this program because I wanted you to take me more seriously. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But even guys like Brendan Schaub, where it's like, honestly, if you had a little less self-awareness, I think that would help you. It's weird because they have no self-awareness. And yet if they had less of it, it might help in some way. It's a weird dynamic that they're working with. But uh, Perry was the perfect mix to pull this off. I don't know uh, how many other human beings you could have had in this role and had the same uh, success and have it come off as well as it did. But uh, I highly recommend because still to this day, another thing that inspired me, not inspired me, but um, encouraged me to do this episode was I've heard on podcasts like recently, I think like man, Shane, we're talking about uh, they just watched windy city heat. Not that long ago. Um, so still to this day, people will find this movie. Like I said, it's on YouTube, go check it out and get enjoyment out of it. So it's, uh, it's worth a watch. And, uh, it was a very interesting endeavor. And I think it inspired a lot of other things. Like I said, um, Nathan Fielder is kind of in the same, uh, world as this, you know, where it's, uh, again, one person, you know, the business, like Nathan for you, the business owner thought something was happening. Everyone else was aware it was something different, but they were able to pull off something great. And you could also argue, by the way, I think Nathan Fielder's brilliant. You could argue that that's meaner than what uh, the Windy City Heat guys did because these people think they're signing up to help their business in some way, you know? Right. Exactly. So, um, but let me know what you guys think in the comments. Would you? Am I wrong? Am I overthinking the. Uh, uh, how many people would be outraged at a movie like this in modern times? Oh, for sure. Uh, for now, you cannot do this now. I, I don't think so, but am I, you let me know if I'm wrong in the comments and uh, let me know what you guys think. Let me know if there's other projects like this out there. Like I mentioned, Nathan for you will probably do at some point. I'm sure Borat, but uh, if there's other stuff, maybe, uh, oh, yeah, I meant to, you know what I should have mentioned is uh, also guys like Carl Pilkington are a perfect example as something that's kind of in the same line where uh, it was Ricky Gervais's buddy, I guess, that did not want to be, he was much more self-aware and did not want to be a part of this shit. Uh, but Ricky Gervais just convinced him because he knew he was an interesting character. Um, so that's another info. So Carl Pilkington's probably another episode that we'll do at some point. So if you guys have any suggestions for episodes like this or any other episode, uh, let me know in the comments. Uh, you can also subscribe to the Patreon, like I mentioned earlier. Uh, you get bonus episodes as well as these episodes a week early. If you subscribe to the Patreon, uh, YouTube memberships available as well. And uh, if you'd rather just support the show for free, we also appreciate that. Subscribe on YouTube, tap the notification bell, leave some comments that help us get more eyeballs on this show, helps grow the show, leave five-star reviews on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get podcasts. 
And uh, we appreciate all the support, guys. Thank you. And uh, also go back and listen to any old episodes you've missed. Because today someone messaged me and was like, I didn't understand this logic. Because it was an episode about the breakup of Opie and Anthony, which Patrice was dead for. (laughs) But uh, someone messaged me and said, hey, how come we didn't bring up Patrice at all in the Opie and Anthony episode? And I said, well, as a matter of fact, We've done two episodes about Patrice O'Neill. So dig through the archives if you're new to the podcast, because uh, we're closing in on 100 episodes. So make sure you've watched them all. Yeah, there's a there's a playlist on the YouTube page that has them in the order in which they came out. Yes, it makes it very out. easy to yep. dig through the archives if you like. And uh, you can also, um, you know, speaking of bullying the retarded, go to verygoodshow.org. <laughs> And uh, sure. check out. I know Craig always enjoys my segues to his promotion. <laughs> uh, go to verygoodshow.org. That's Craig's program that he does with his pals. Yep. And uh, you can check out the show for free, or uh, they also have a Patreon if you want to support them. So look at, into all of that. And uh, we appreciate you guys. Anything we're missing before we get out of here? That is it. All right. We'll see you guys next time on Why Are You Laughing? Zip it up and zip it out.